0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: Do you want to become a better shooter in 2024? Do you want to become a better warrior? A better gunfighter? Faster, accurate, more consistent, more effective. We're going to talk about that today on Gunfighter Life. So saddle up. For another episode where we talk about guns Gunfighting, tactics, use of force Today mostly focusing on skill The right way With almighty God at the center This podcast wouldn't exist without him He is number one in everything that I do Hopefully and this podcast is no different Judeo-Christian values and real world First hand experience I think I will throw in a version of the bio today just because this is a thing based on skill and what skills I think you should be developing. And if you're listening to this, it's one thing if it's just entertaining about cool guns or about this caliber and its ballistic effect. But if it's something like this more substantial, you should ask yourself, why am I listening to this dude? Because there's plenty of just gun entertainment out there and there's nothing wrong with that. But is that who you should be taking advice from on shooting? Or tactics or skills that are important or viable For that reason I'm going to throw in the bio Then we'll get into the main topic Skills to develop to make you a more effective gunfighter in 2024 I'll roll into a quick abbreviated bio and then into the main topic First and foremost I'm a Christian I don't apologize for that God is number one in my life I grew up hunting and fishing in the backwoods of the southeastern United States at a very early age. Some of my earliest memories are with firearms. I joined the Marine Corps at 17, did a couple of combat tours in Iraq. By God's grace, he got me through that safely. After that, I served as a instructor. An urban warfare instructor and a desert warfare instructor for the United States Marine Corps. I also served with the LAPD, both full-time and as a sworn police officer and some more specialized assignments, as well as serving in the US Army full-time and part-time National Guard. I've been a FBI Firearms Instructor, still am an FBI Firearms Instructor, have been for a lot of years, also NRA certified and some other three-letter government agency certified. I've been a private contractor for a three-letter government agency I won't specify. I've been the commander of a tactical team in a large metropolitan area. By God's grace, he got me through all that in one piece, not because I'm better, but because he chose to have grace and mercy on me. I've been a professional hunter and guide. Professionally hunted things like buffalo and elk. Not many people today can say they've done that, but I'm blessed to be able to say that I have. I've hunted everything from white-tailed deer on the east coast to mule deer on the west coast to Gray squirrel on the east coast a Prairie Dog on the west coast and elk and bear and wolf and slain all manner of beast. A state rifle and pistol champion a few times over in a few different disciplines. Enough about me guys. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and fingers for battle. Let's get into today's topic. Alright, let's talk about skills for you. And this is going to depend on what's most germane to you. This is not in any particular order. I'm going to start off talking about a lot of concealed carry and handgun skills. Well, if you're in Canada, that might not apply to you because you're... I don't think even legally allowed to have a handgun now unless you already had one. You can't even go out and buy a handgun. Why? And I don't think you're allowed to carry a handgun for personal defense. If you were a brown bear guide in Alaska, you know, shooting a target that's running at you may be a good applicable skill right that may be right at the top of your list so you get the idea so in no particular order but i'm going to start out mostly talking about handgun and concealed carry stuff now with this and with that caveat here's another one you should always practice the fundamentals you've heard my bio right uh state rifle and pistol champion one more shooting competitions than i can remember I, by God's grace, except for Sabbath, where I rest, practice every day. Unless there's some... I don't just mean just finding any excuse. I mean, like, I'm on a boat. I'm on a ship. And I'm not permitted to practice. And I'm on there all day. Or I'm in a restricted government facility. Can't just whip out a handgun and start practicing. Right? Uh, But I'm, I'm talking about, like, a real reason. But the vast majority of days, I still practice. And the vast majority of my practice, and ergo, I think your practice and anybody's practice should be the fundamentals. You're never too good for the fundamentals. There may be a specific time where I'm like, this range session or this dry fire session, I really need to work on X. But the vast majority of the time, the bulk of your practice should be on the fundamentals, right? If you don't have good trigger control, right, then then you're if you don't have a good foundation if you can't shoot good slow you're not going to shoot good fast right just you got to have a firm foundation so i'm i'm assuming that you know that and you realize that you're not going to go run out and try and be john wick and do the car technique doing combat rolls if you can't you know shoot a paper plate with a handgun consistently at 25 yards your priorities are jacked up focus on the fundamentals first the fundamentals that being said I, the fundamentals are the fundamentals that should be the bulk and foundation of your practice let's talk about other skills you might want to look at if you have a firm grip firm grip a firm grip or grasp of the fundamentals right what should you look at to build on to build on that firm foundation and that's a perishable skill it's not foundation is perhaps not the best analogy because a good stone foundation is pretty low maintenance but Shooting fundamentals are not. They're a perishable skill, and you must maintain them. All analogies break down, I think, if you scrutinize them enough, but you get the idea. All right, you're probably thinking, all right, get to it. All right, let's 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 open up this can of beans here. A gunfighter skills 102, if you will. If you have never shot... With the pleasure of being under timed pressure, you need to put yourself under timed pressure. Even better if somebody else puts you under time pressure because you're going to be probably prone to being more nervous. That is a good thing. Because in my experience, if you have bullets coming the wrong way, meaning at you, you're probably going to be a little bit nervous. You're probably going to be in a hurry. It's not the same, but it's better than having no time limit. Give yourself time pressure and push yourself, right? If I said I need to draw and hit the target in 25 seconds, that's not really time pressure. For me, that's, you know, if I'm trying to go fast on a, my concealed carry setup, 0.7 seconds, 0.7 something is seconds is a pretty good time for me. Strong side hip carry. For you, it might be a second and a half. For you, it might be two seconds if you if you haven't ever shot with time pressure before. I don't really... That's not the point. The point is you push yourself to be fast. Again, if you can't draw and hit a target to begin with, just shooting fast is not the right priority. But if you have never shot with a timer, this year, really work at shooting with a timer. And it doesn't have to be with a draw. It can be anything. It could be with a shotgun. It could be with a rifle. be from the low ready it might be a four inch target at 25 yards from the low ready in 1.5 seconds i'm just making that arbitrary standard that might be slow or fast for you the point is to push yourself to be faster you might think you're fast but if you've never timed yourself you don't really know how can you get faster if you don't know how fast you're actually going right so time pressure Learn this year to shoot under time pressure. Alright. Sticking, this is rifle or handgun. Natural point of aim. You're probably familiar with the fundamentals. Sight alignment, sight picture, trigger control, breath control, follow through. Natural point of aim. Pistol or rifle. A lot of people don't think about this at all for a pistol, but it's absolutely important for a pistol. Especially if you're drawing under stress. You're trying to do that thing we just talked about under time pressure. And you're drawing and all your rounds are going to the right. There may be something else going on. I'd have to be watching you to probably properly diagnose that. But it might be your natural point of aim is off. You may never notice it if you have all the time in the rule. Because you'll just correct it with some other thing. But your natural point of aim. Meaning like for instance with a rifle. I'm in a good kneeling position with a sling. I get sighted in on the bullseye everything's good it's gonna be a 10 ring hit now I close my eyes I relax I take a breath in I take a breath out to that natural respiratory pause or wherever it is you like to do your precision shooting from again that's a breath control is a fundamental so you should already know that you open your eyes do you have a good natural point of aim or has it shifted and if it's shifted then you didn't have a good natural point of aim. Natural point of aim. With a handgun, Close, get squared up on your target, on your imaginary adversary, your silhouette target, your light switch, whatever your target is. Close your eyes. Dry fire. The dry fire skill if you can't do this dry fire, you're not going to be very good at it live fire. Dry fire first and dry fire safely make sure your gun is unloaded close your eyes draw open your eyes are your sights aligned on target is your red dot if you're using one on the target if not do it again make sure if you're just all over the place then you probably got to work on the fundamentals more because if you're just different places all the time then you might not even have a good natural point of aim hammered down but assuming your technique is fairly refined you might want to tweak your natural point of aim Because the whole point of natural point of aim is under stress or under recoil, the gun is naturally going to go to its natural point of aim. You want that to be on the target. It will greatly aid you in accuracy, speed, and, especially for this skill, consistency. And consistency is key. I I learned this when I was uh, becoming an FBI firearms instructor, and it always stuck with me. Uh, One of the instructors... Looked at my target, and I forget, but we're shooting bullseye handgun. And I had a really good target, except for one really egregious miss. And uh, he called me out in front of the class, and he said, "You, You see this? He's like, Everybody misses. It's just a matter of frequency and degree. Everybody misses. It's a matter of frequency and degree. That stuck with me. Maybe it will stick with you. We kind of mentioned it in the natural point of aim, you're like you're calling your shot, it's going to be a good 10 ring hit. That denotes that you're able to call your shots. This is absolutely, once you have the fundamentals down, an important skill, calling your shots. Calling your shots, say for instance you're shooting at steel, you don't wait to hear that you hit the steel or see that you hit the steel. As soon as that trigger breaks, you know you know where that shot went because you know where your sight was because you called that shot and you called it well something we did uh way back in uh you know being a rifleman in the marine corps you'd have a scorecard and you would call your shot you put a little x you have a little diagram of your target you put little x's about where that shot was you'd call it and sure enough they would the way we did it, we actually shot with people down and they would pull the target down into a pit and they would mark where you shot it with a marker and run it up. And sure enough, if you were a decent marksman, you could call and know where that shot was. Now, depending on the degree and the difficulty of the shot, it may be a, some degree of circle somewhere on the target. You should know hit or miss. I shot it to the right, I shot it to the left, I shot it high, I shot it low. Or you know what, I blinked on that shot. I don't even know where it went, which is bad. But calling your shots, you—if you if you don't have that skill... You should absolutely strive to get that skill. Whether it's you know more precision rifle stuff. Or whether it's, let's say, going hard and fast with a pistol. You're running a plate rack and before you even get done with the plate rack, like you're running that plate rack like a cheetah. Before you even hear any feedback, you know you missed that plate and you have to redo it. And you immediately reshoot that steel plate because you know that was a bad shot. That's way faster than getting to the end of the plate rack and realizing you missed one and have to go back and shoot it. That's the difference between just somebody that shoots competition and somebody that wins competition. Calling your shots. Absolutely important. Absolutely important whether you're talking about a competition context or a martial combat context. Do I need to keep putting fire on this target or have I gotten a good hit on that target and I can move on to another target? Because there's more than one target trying to kill me. Calling your shots is an important skill. The draw. We talked about doing the draw under time pressure. That's important. You should start there. You should also practice the draw from different positions. If you're always cheating, meaning like starting with your hand on the gun, that's not really realistic. You can do that sometimes, and if you can in a real-world scenario, like cops can generally get away with putting their hands on a gun, when the general public is not going to be able to do that. You know there, there's no real rules in a gunfight. If you can do it then do it. But you should practice your hands in very different positions. Your hands in front of your face. Somebody f- tries to throw sand in your eyes. Or tries to throw something at you. Which is really common. Somebody throws something at you like a tire iron. You're probably going to put your hands up in front of your face. Whether you think about doing it or not. You're probably just going to do it. Ergo. Learning to draw with your hands up from a surrender position is absolutely something you should work on. The first time you draw from your hands up in front of your eyes should not be when you got lead flying the wrong way at you. Right? Practice different hand positions. That's just one. By hands up in the surrender or in front of your face covering your face, that's a pretty realistic position. You should probably practice that. Another one, and it, it amazes me the number of people that don't practice just this this, because gunfights are dynamic right you probably don't want to be standing still if you're getting shot at and if you're shooting at somebody unless it's just a let's just say they're probably not going to be standing still so why do you spend all your time practicing shooting standing still or shooting something that's still that's not super realistic practice with movement easier for you to practice you have a legit decent range shooting moving forward moving backwards moving left moving right moving at diagonals moving upstairs moving downstairs things like that stairs might be a little bit harder maybe that's a more advanced skill but certainly moving forward moving back moving left moving right shooting while moving getting into and out of position is also something you should practice like not shooting while you're moving but shooting and then moving very quickly or moving very quickly and then shooting and then moving again super important skill you're talking about with a carbine with a shotgun with a handgun getting into and out of positions absolutely a good skill but shooting on the move shooting while you're moving that is a skill and then shooting moving targets this doesn't have to be as hard as people make it out to be you it's nice if you have a nice, expensive government range with moving targets and stuff. And I've been blessed to be able to have all kinds of that training. But you can still do it safely. A couple of easy ways to do it safely. Whatever your minimum safe distance is, you can safely shoot. And that's going to vastly depend That's going to vastly depend on the terrain you're shooting on. Right? If there's big rocks, probably don't do this at a close range. If it's all soft dirt and sand have something as simple as like a milk jug with a piece of 550 cord tied onto it. And your buddy who's standing behind you and the milk jug is let's say 25 yards away and he starts walking the right direction right away from you, not downrange, pulling the milk jug towards you and you try and shoot that target coming at you. When you get good at that, you can go a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And have a marked out place where you can have a minimum safe distance where you know that's too close to shoot safely. And again, that's going to vastly depend on the angles, the terrain. So if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. You can do a similar thing with uh, like those uh, things you use to put dog leashes in the ground or dog chains or whatever in the ground. You just use that as a pivot point, and you run the string through that, and you can put it in front of you at 10 yards or 15 yards. Usually, the minimum safe distance is for shooting steel is like 10 yards. shouldn't be shooting at that little grommet, but if you hit it, you get the idea. But in this way, you can have the guy pulling the rope and walking backwards, or just pulling the rope, standing safely behind you. And in this way, you can have the target go left or right. And you can also have it going straight away from you. You just run the string through it and have it pull it away from you. Again, it doesn't have to be rocket science to figure out how to shoot a moving target like this. Obviously, you know, the classic shooting at a moving target, if you're talking about a shotgun, is with clays. It is really fun to shoot clays with a rifle or a handgun, but I would consider that more exhibition shooting. You can do that if you want, but it's less realistic than what we just talked about. And probably the simplest way to do it. Transitions. Let's hope if you have to use your gun it's against one threat, but it may not be. Transitions. Target transitions. One target to another. Incorporate that. If you don't normally do that, if you just go to a square indoor range and shoot at one target and then put your gun down on the bench, even if you have to shoot at an indoor range and shoot at a bay, you can just put different sticky little orange stickies or just go to the Dollar Tree and get like the price stickers and put them at different places on that piece of cardboard and practice your target transitions mostly left and right in general your targets are going to be on the horizon your horizontal eye zone your horizon they're mostly going to transition left right right to left you may also get some up and down transitions you should practice those I don't think as much as your left and right but you should practice your Vertical transitions as well. But practice transitions, absolutely a skill. If you're not doing that, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Now, going more towards the rifle end of things. Sadly, I think this is a lost or dying art. Sling tension. You should know how to assist your shooting. Now, you should have good fundamentals. You should be able to get good groups and shoot decently. Standing, kneeling, sitting prone, without a sling you may not always have time to get into a hasty sling or a more true rifleman sling but you should learn how to shoot with sling tension whatever is applicable to you whether you're talking about a tactical sling or a two-point old-school rifle sling you are doing yourself a disservice your gun your long gun probably has a sling on it if not you're probably doing it wrong whatever your long gun is probably has a sling you may decide after practicing with this you might want to leverage that and get a better sling or a different sling, but whatever sling it has, you should be able to use that to help you shoot better. Smaller groups standing squatting, kneeling sitting prone, urban prone supine, whatever is applicable to you, right? You should be able to leverage that sling to aid in your shooting accuracy Here's another one. Iron sights. You need to learn how to drive a stick shift. You need to learn how to shoot a rifle with iron sights and at distance. I I've heard this a lot and from people that I really like, but I think they just they don't they see like iron sights is like a close up emergency backup thing. Maybe I'm from a bygone era, but right we qualified with I, I qualify with an old beat up, a horrible condition M16A2 with iron sights, hitting man-sized targets at 500 yards. There are routinely guys that shoot 1,000-yard competitions with iron sights. Iron sights should not just be a break glass in case of emergency, oh, I can hit something at 5 feet or 25 yards with it. Magnification does not make that rifle any more accurate. If I put that gun in a vise, whether I put an iron sight on it or a red dot on it or a What is a ridiculous amount of magnification? A 5 to 25 power scope? That doesn't make the rifle any more accurate. It can help in certain situations. It can help you see a smaller target. It can help you find a target. But you absolutely should be able to shoot. And shoot distance with iron sights. And I think both a peep sight and a leaf sight. What are some of the most common guns you might encounter today? If you do have to... Pick up somebody else's gun for whatever reason. You got separated from your gun. Somebody hands you a gun. Or it's a pickup because your gun got shot. AR-15, AK-47, iron sights. You may pick it up with an optic on it. Who knows? But you should know how to run an iron sight. If you consider yourself a gunfighter, you ought to be able to run a rifle with iron sights at distance. Like any soldier in the U.S. Army. Should be able to pick up an M4 and hit a man-sized target at 300 yards with iron sights, and you should be able to do that too. It's not that hard. So if you think that iron sights are just a short-range thing, I think you just—I'm going to just chalk it up to just you need the experience doing it. But absolutely, learn how to shoot iron sights at distance. A good way to practice—is you know I'm big on practicing with the 22. Many of the things we talked about today, you can practice with the 22. Like if we're talking about learning how to shoot moving targets, you can go out and spend a bunch of money on your center fire of choice, or you could do the same thing with a brick of twenty-two for way less money. Anyway, with this, get your twenty-two with iron sights, even just a regular 1022 with with its sights. Hopefully it's zeroed. It's not zeroed It's not gonna do much good. Then go and put one of those old metal coffee cans or something like it out at two hundred yards. And learn how to get good hits with those iron sights of that coffee can at 200 yards. You can do this with just a regular 1022. If you can't, it's probably the skill that's lacking, not the rifle. The reason I say a coffee can, just because it's easy to hear. You can shoot steel targets are real common today, but a lot of those are big and heavy, and they don't they make a lot of sound when you shoot them with a center fire, a high powered rifle. But with a 22, not so much. A coffee can is a, is a good size. You can definitely hit it at 200 yards. You're right. You're talking any any 4 MOA rifle, which you, any rifle you have should probably, unless it's some old collector thing, any gun that you actually shoot and practice with, should probably be 4 MOA or better. You should be able to hit that coffee can at 200 yards pretty consistently. And it's just easier to hear. And they're cheap. Make sure you pick it up when you're done. But you want to get good at shooting iron sights at distance? You can, if you can consistently hit a coffee can with your iron sights with your 10.22 or your Marlin Model 60 or whatever with irons, you should pretty easily be able to hit a man-sized target at 300 yards with a two two three with similar sights. Just probably much easier. And it's an affordable, fun way to be decent at shooting iron sights at distance. And here is the big one for rifle. Get off the bench, get off the bench, get off the bench. Did I mention get off the bench? The bench is for zeroing your rifle. The bench is for load development. The bench is for load testing. Maybe somebody somewhere has gotten in a gunfight off a bench. I don't know of it. Is that really realistic? Once you have your rifle zeroed, which is fine to use a bench for, get off the bench. What, what does it matter as far as practical application of the rifle goes, if we're talking like a modern fighting rifle or a hunting rifle? Unless, if, you know, if you, if you hunt off a bench, this is not how I hunt, but if you hunt off a bench and shoot deer from a corn feeder at exactly 100 yards, then that's fine. But if that's not you, then this applies to you too. What difference does it make if your gun can put every round in one ragged hole at a hundred yards off a bench with a bipod and a sandbag if you can't shoot 4 MOA from the prone or from a kneeling position? And sometimes in the field you can use a rest but it's probably not going to be a bench so it's probably better To actually practice shooting off field rest positions. The V-notch of a tree. Putting your hand on a tree and being able to use your hand against the tree as a rest. Or running up to the line throwing your pack down and shooting off your pack. It's probably way more applicable than shooting off a bench rest. A shooting bench. So that's the big one for right. Get off the bench. Anyway, those are some skills... That i hope that you take seriously and maybe you already have all those maybe you have some of those and need to work on others i mean we all need to work on that stuff probably horrible at, at making money at this as far as tactics go but i want you to have the information i made a practical what i would consider some very practical and free training an armed citizen course of fire which incorporates many of these skills that you can shoot on a paper plate Right, so very bare minimum barrier to entry, paper plate and some kind of stick in the ground to attach it to, and a 25 yard range. And then the modern rifleman's course of fire. You can look both those up, just searching whatever you're listening to this on. And that you do need to buy a specialty target. It's the best way I could figure out how to do it, but it's a US Army alternate Qual C. It's available. You can order them, they come in a pack, they're not that expensive. Especially not compared to the cost of most ammo uh, it incorporates many of the skills we talked about not all because for both of those quals I wanted it to be something you could do more often and a lot of those ranges don't allow some of the skills we talked about especially indoor ranges many of them are not gonna let you practice you shooting on the move but here's the thing if you know how to call your shots you can get pretty good at that dry firing And that's going to lead us to the tactical tip of the day. You want to get good shooting on the move? You want to be a... I was going to say a modern day John Wick, but John Wick is modern day. How about you want to be like a real life John Wick? Shooting on the move. Learning how to be good at it without a gun. How about a half full water bottle? I learned this from Matt Burkett to give credit where credit is due. I don't know if he's still uh, training or doing anything like that, but he used to be one of the You know, top shooters. Anyway, Matt Burkett, I learned this from him. You turn a... You just grab a water bottle, half full of water, and you practice walking around. You hold it out in front of you like you would hold a gun. Your goal is to not have that water move in the bottle. If the water is moving in the bottle, then your sights are moving. You don't want bouncy, sloshy, around water. You don't want bouncy, sloshy, around gun. You want smooth deliberate you can practice getting your smooth rolling of the feet heel to toe toe to heel traversing with your midsection like a tank you can you can develop many of those skills with that water bottle anyway that's your tactical tip of the day your tactical verse of the day how about a little excerpt from the book of joshua No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance in the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses...